the Bible Study Podcast, episode 799. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Philippians with the second part of chapter 1. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We ended last time only 11 verses into the book of Philippians because I did some pre-work there, but let's continue on with chapter 1, verse 12. Paul's chains advance the gospel. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached, and because of this I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. So Paul is talking here about his chains. He is writing here, we believe, from prison, probably in Rome, because he mentions the palace guard. And so that would certainly be indicating that it is not one of his other imprisonments, like when he's in Caesarea Philippi uh, later on in the book of Acts. And so he is probably writing from Rome in the prison. And we believe that he died in Rome. Uh, Our best sources, this is post biblical in the sense that there's no portion of the Bible that specifically says where Paul died. And we're getting that from the early Christian writers who are just past the biblical period. But we believe that Paul dies in Rome, whether he gets out of prison and does one more trip. There's some thought that he may have made it to Spain as he intended to make it or that he may not have any dies in prison in Rome. And he is writing this back to this church that he loves this church in Philippi that was supportive of him in a town that was not supportive of him where he was beaten and whipped and driven out of town. But he's writing back to them and saying, I'm writing to you here and saying that it's, it's okay. It's okay that I'm in chains. God has been able to use this, right? And that all of the people, and I think at this point he means the church in Rome, but also those who are hearing about Paul 
have become more confident in God because of the faith that they see Paul have here as he is in chains for Christ. Now, there's this interesting section there in verse 15 through 18 about some people are preaching Christ for other reasons. And it is interesting, sometimes we try and look back at the early Christian church and we say, you know, if only, this is what some of the reformers said, for instance, in the Protestant Reformation, if only we could get back to what the church was originally. And I understand that goal, and that's a lofty goal to try and get back to a more pure state of what the church was. But also, we should just be aware that the church has never been perfect. Not your church, not my church, not the church that Paul's founded here in Philippi or certainly in Corinth or these other places, not the church universal, because how could it be? It's built out of people like me. And there are times that it is discouraging for me to look in the New Testament and and read the epistles that are written to these churches and read the epistle of Corinth and think about all the problems this church is going into as they're, as they're dividing up in factions and things like that. But even in the church in Philippi, you know, we know that there are people who are causing problems, but that's the way churches are because you're building them out of imperfect people. What would you have to do to make it different? I guess you'd have to wait until somebody is perfect to let them into church the churches are going to be empty because there is nobody who's perfect. And so Paul is dealing with this situation here where some people are preaching Christ and they're preaching for the wrong reasons. Uh, and it's hard to picture for me, you know, these days I understand that there are people who preach the gospel who preach with the wrong reasons. And usually we think they're preaching for riches or fame or something like that. And that that is a, a temptation for those who get well known for preaching or teaching, or maybe even Bible study podcasts. I don't know. But th there are other things that can get in the way of our reasons for preaching, our reasons for teaching. But it's hard for me to picture that you're going to have envy or rivalry be one of those reasons, but that's what Paul was seeing. He was seeing people who were preaching because I guess they weren't getting the attention. And so, but he says... Whether they're preaching for good reasons or bad reasons, at least they're preaching about Christ. Paul has this optimistic look that he understands the church is imperfect, but it is still the vehicle through which God has chosen to work. Whether it's your church or my church, you know, don't wait to join a church until you find a perfect one, because if you join it, you'll you'll ruin it. But Paul knows and he sees even in this imperfection the work of Christ going forward, even if imperfectly. And I, I like that optimism of Paul, uh, the realism maybe is the right way to say it of Paul. And so some are preaching out of love and some are preaching for the wrong reasons, but at least the gospel of Christ is being preached. And then he says, continue to rejoice because I know you're praying for me. I know that through your prayers, what will happen to me will turn out for my deliverance, but he doesn't know how he will be delivered from prison. He made to be delivered from these chains into freedom where he can go back and see the people in Philippi, which is what he longs to do, to be encouraged by them, to encourage them, or whether he will be delivered by death. He knows that this situation here where he finds himself in, in chains, probably in Rome, and he knows where he is, but <laughs> for us, it's probably Rome where he finds himself, that this is temporary. 
And he finds himself actually torn between those two outcomes because he knows that when he dies, he'll be with Christ and that will be paradise. But he doesn't, he's not ready to go. He's not ready to go yet because there's so much work yet to do. And obviously he will leave the work incomplete whenever he leaves because the work is always incomplete until Christ returns. But he sees that work and sees all that needs to happen and and longs to go continue to be with them for their progress and joy in the faith. And I like those that phrase, for your progress and joy in the faith, so that he can help move them along, nudge them along a little bit. And I, I pray that we would nudge each other along, that this podcast would nudge you along, and that maybe you would nudge me along, that we would encourage one another in our faith. But also remember, when Paul thinks about faith, he thinks about joy. This is not service that he is doing. This is a response to the love of God. And Paul, when he sees faith, sees joy. And he wants to encourage them to move further into that faith and further into that joy. And then lastly, the life worthy of the gospel. So whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. And it's interesting that in one breath, Paul can talk about the joy of the faith, and in the next, he can talk about the difficulties and the suffering in the faith. These aren't for Paul two different things that you have one or the other. Remember, this is the person who, when he was in Philippi, was beaten, left in chains in the dungeon, and he and Silas were singing hymns. And I've mentioned it before in the Bible study podcast that I really liked using that verse when I was in doing going into juvenile hall and was talking to the kids there who their number one thing was they wanted to get out. Everything would be better if they could just get out. And the astounding part of that story to me was that when the earthquake comes and the doors are flung open, that no one leaves. And I think it's because when they see the faith of what Paul and Silas had there in that jail in Philippi that leads them beaten and bloodied to be singing hymns of praise to God, that was more attractive even than that that empty door. So when Paul talks about joy in one passage and suffering in the next, he's not talking about an either or. He understands you can have both. Obviously, we don't like to suffer. I don't know about you, but that's my personal preference on the item. But he's saying that it's worth it. It's worth it for him when he is suffering for the gospel because he is moving the gospel forward and bringing that joy of the gospel to others who hear the word. We're going to end there at the, this week for the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, Leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. 
In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.